where it's at. I got two Dan tables and a microphone. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Where It's At. I'm your host, Mark Pearson, and this is my co-host, Dan Hornstein. If you hadn't, if you have not heard us before, uh, this podcast is a music podcast for anyone who enjoys music. And if you don't like music, still listen to it. Maybe we'll turn you on to music. Uh, on this podcast, Dan and I each pick an album for the week, listen to it, and then we come together to give a brief bio of the artist and then discuss why we picked them and have a conversation about it. So real quick before we get into today's music, uh, you can find us on Instagram. You can find me at Mr. Underscore Pockets 21, and you can find Dan at I, I got a new Instagram handle. What? I changed my username. Ooh. I changed it. Yeah. <laughs> my old one was so if you're if you if you followed along, my old Instagram handle was Dan in Houston. Uh my new username is Dwight Privilege. <laughs> so you can find me on Instagram <laughs> at Dwight Privilege, one word. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, and then you can also send us an email at wherepod at gmail.com. Uh, I'm going to laugh about that for a little bit. <laughs> I figured I figured you'd get a kick out of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, real quick before we get into Sniggles, for those of us who haven't heard it before, Dan, what's Sniggles? Well, Sniggles, the segment on the show, is when we each take a newer song or a new single, or a uh, new-to-us song. It doesn't have to be a new release. And we review that as an independent track. The reason we call it Sniggles is, years ago, I used to live by a guy who was in Seattle in the early 90s when grunge broke, and when they filmed the Cameron Crowe movie, Singles, in Seattle at that time, everybody made fun of it. They thought it was kind of ridiculous, so they called it Sniggles, and I thought that was really hilarious. So, <laughs> because we're reviewing singles, to honor that, we're going to call it Sniggles. Heck yeah. So, this week, uh, why don't you go first? What was your first Sniggle? Or you're just Sniggle. Wow, not first. <laughs> <laughs> my, my Sniggle for the week was a song that just popped up for me not too long ago, and I hadn't heard this artist before. Her name is Megan Weiler, and the song is called The Calling. I don't know a lot about Megan Weiler. I looked her up. She's got um, an album that came out in like 2013 that's mm -hmm. really all I could see on Apple Music. Um, and I listened to a couple of other tracks on that based on what, what I heard here. It's all very folky for the most part. A lot of yeah. her older stuff, it's folk rock, uh, indie rock kind of singer-songwriter-ish. This song is the same, It's uh, but it's got some elements that I really liked about it. Um, it's a slower song, but it builds. Mm -hmm. And what's very cool about it is it's got, she's got, first of all, I like her vocals a lot. I think she's got a really good voice. There's a somber piano that starts this track that accompanies so it's it starts off it's i think it's going to be kind of just a folk song but then they start to add stuff after each little repetition um upright bass comes in and i go oh that's kind of a nice touch i'd I like upright bass and then i hear i'm listening to it and i hear a little bit of synth in it um mm -hmm. one more one more thing i wrote about the piano i oh man i love when artists do this, when they take that piano sound, and I don't know if it, again, I don't know if they're miking it a certain way or if it's a certain style of piano or if it could just be an effect on a keyboard. Who knows? But 
when the song kicks in, the piano sounds like it's far away mm-hmm. in the room. It yeah. sounds like it in the big hall, kind of a, a lot of reverb and sustain kind of sound. I love that sound. I absolutely dig that sound. So already I'm I'm intrigued when the when the song kicks in. I love the upright bass, the good synth that comes in and kind of there's a there's a theme that gets repeated. It's not really verse cor- verse chorus verse chorus style of song. It's more like here's the part. And each time we repeat this melody, we add a little something to it. So she starts layering things in. So you get the bass that comes in, then the, the drums and the synth, and then this clean guitar line comes in. And then this like keyboard lead comes in along with the clean guitar that I really start to like. And then you start to hear a strummed guitar come in. And, and as with each layer that they put on the song kind of starts to build and build and build. And I love this buildup. And eventually it has this pretty heavy conclusion, Mm -hmm. which is atypical for a kind of a folk song or an indie singer songwriter kind of song that I listen to. Um, and it, it has such a strong finish to it. I really, really dug this. Um, I'll say I went back and like I said, I listened to a couple of the other tracks from the other album that I, I had access to and I didn't like it as much as I like this. So this is an artist that for me, I'm going to keep an eye out for and see if she starts to turn a corner and do more stuff like this. I'm on board Four yeah. four beards for me for this one. I really like this song a lot. Okay. Um, I really, I, I really enjoyed the buildup at the end and how the song builds, like the progression of the song. Uh, and her voice is very beautiful. Um, overall, like musically, I don't know. It felt, it was just kind of so-so for me. You I son felt, of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, there was just like this little thing. I was just like little, like every time I listened to it, I'm like, it just a little bit more might grab me a little bit more. Okay. And okay. it wasn't that it was a bad song. Just like, I don't know. I felt like it was missing something that would have taken it to the top for me. So I, mean, I, I listened to it a few times and each time I heard something new and I really liked like, that bill, but the first half of the song, I just wasn't all that impressed with, but the back half of the song I was really impressed with. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, for me, it was two and a half beards. But once again, I think she has tons of potential I love her voice. So I was like, I do want to hear more of her work because her voice is great. Yeah, I thought so too. So then I picked uh, Heat Above by Greta Von Fleet. And I was really enjoying this song until you ruined it for me. So like halfway through the week, Dan was like, Hey, you've been listening to heat above. I was like, yeah, he goes here, listen to fix you by Coldplay. And I was like, I started listening to it and I was like, ah, shit. The intro is exactly the same. It's It's identical. It really (laughs) same organ sounds, same same chord and uh, like just everything dialed in. It was almost like a sample for me. I'm so sorry. I ruined it for you. So I was the the song itself after you get to the intro I thought was fun. I like the I, the Led Zeppelin vibe is really really strong with this band. Um 
the organ with the acoustic guitar and the chorus is done very well. It's just like a fun jam of a song. It makes me want to put up a lighter and like sing along in an outdoor concert. It was fun. I would have liked this song way more if I had never <laughs> realized that it was just the intro was just fix you from Coldplay. So it's right there at like two and a half beards for me because okay. that just really took it down a lot. I was like, really? And then I was like, oh man, come on, guys. <laughs> Is it because you don't like Fix You by Coldplay? No, I that's, like Fix You by Coldplay. That's kind of a rad song. Yeah, I like that song. I love um, Fix You. It's one of my favorite Coldplay songs. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'm right there with you on this one. Um, Greta Van Fleet's a weird band. They're not, not weird, but they're so easy to hit to hate on mm-hmm. because they are so derivative of Led Zeppelin, the yeah. 70s classic rock bands. This one, this song in particular, I didn't get as much of a, a Zeppelin feel. I felt like they just were straight copying Rush. Ooh, I didn't think about that, but you're right. Like the vocals sounded like Rush. Specifically, there's that Rush song, Closer to the Heart, mm-hmm. uh, where he's like, and the men who hold thy places <laughs> yes. must be the ones who start. And this guy sounded just like that. He was way up high with the notes. Um, there's not, here's, you know, the bottom line is there's not much original about what they're doing. True. But it's a good facsimile, if you will, right? It's, yeah. it's kind of like a carbon copy. You know, you run it through the Xerox machine, and every time you do, you lose a little bit of quality. Yeah. But you can still tell what's there. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, the, the chord structure that they're using in this, it's, um, I didn't go as far as to try to figure it out, but it sounds like they're doing like a pretty standard like E to A to B wild thing. You make my heart sing and a bunch of other songs and all in all, I just, I thought it was okay. There's some things that I liked the drums in the intro. I thought were kind of cool. Um, but the, the, as soon as I caught on to like the fix you from the organ and everything else, I settled (laughs) in right there with you two and a half beards. It's, it's kind of a 50, 50 split for me. Yeah. If I don't listen to a whole lot more of Greta Van Fleet, I'll be okay. But if it comes on, I'm not going to be adamantly like, gotta change this crap yeah yeah exactly it's very just like right there in the middle like i'm not gonna seek it out but if it comes on oh okay i'll listen to this you have know, you liked like, other like stuff by greta von fleet um a little bit but not like particularly i just i was digging this song way more until now now that here's on and i just hear like if you try your best to do- <laughs> And I'm like, oh no, it's not fix you. I just need to go listen to Coldplay. <laughs> like Garden Van Fleet, I just like the idea of like I love classic rock. I like that classic rock vibe, you know. And mm. so I was like, okay, you know, like this band has a lot of talent and a lot of potential, but it is very derivative. I thought like this. I, I was curious as to. I asked that because so far what I've learned about you and what you like, we haven't really had a, a very thorough discussion about classic rock mm-hmm. and that style of bands. We've talked right. a lot about more modern stuff, especially. Mm-hmm. And um, I wasn't sure if this was like an Adam Radliff recommendation for you oh, no. or something. <laughs> <laughs> it would be. It's got his, oh, he's it's got his, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think he would probably disagree with us on our he, pick for this. He'd one be and how so he'd be it. he'd be dying on the hill for Greta Van Fleet. Most likely, I, I would imagine he would. Yep. Yeah, and I'll let him die. Slowly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as far as the albums, uh, why don't you go first this week? Awesome. So for this week, I picked Icelandic band Solstafir's. Oh yeah, new album, Endless Twilight of Codependent Love. Solstafir is an Icelandic post-metal 
band. They are from Iceland. They've been around since the early 90s. Um, I just caught wind of this with this record. I had not heard of this band before. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about them. I, I mean, it's they sing in Icelandic, so I'm not... I'm not surprised that they're not blowing up the airwaves here in the States necessarily. I think there's only one song on this record that's in English. Yeah. And, but diving into it, um, there's some things that I really enjoyed about this record. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I had given this one kind of a once through when it, when I first heard it, this new record, endless, uh, twilight of codependent love. It's, it's about maybe three or four months old. And I listened to it once and really enjoyed it that first time through getting back into it and really digging in mm-hmm. for this episode. It was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed this a lot. Like I said last week, I think I have a predisposition for Icelandic bands. <laughs> I like a lot of Icelandic music. Uh, so maybe I was, maybe I had a, a you know, just a little bit of, of unfair advantage coming into this just based on my own <laughs> my own uh taste and my own opinions on it mm-hmm. what i like about this group uh what i like about this album specifically there is a bigness to the songs on this record there is an epic kind of quality to this when they say post metal i like a lot of post rock bands and there's a very cinematic quality to a lot of post rock music it's very mm-hmm. theatrical it's over the top it's these big crescendos and big swells and build ups and everything sounds super epic it's it's like watching lord of the rings but in music form and i'm i don't i really enjoy that kind of stuff i like the i like the over the top nature of a lot of it which it really is and there's a lot of that with this record too um I wrote down their sound is is really big and epic. I picture them selling out the only arena in Iceland. (laughs) (laughs) Accurate. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Um, As far as the songs goes, uh, there's it's a it's a long record. It's about yeah. um, It's about an hour and some change, Mm -hmm. but there's only eight tracks. Okay, so each track clocks in at around the eight to eight and a half minute mark. What's kind of cool about that for me is that they don't do what this band does nicely is they take their time. And that's one of the other things that I like with post-rock bands that are these long songs. So they're not in a hurry to change gears. They're not, I, I, I do like some music that has this kind of ADHD quality and it changes often, but I also really respect and I like bands that can settle into a groove or settle into a vibe and, ex- and just keep it simmering mm-hmm. for a little while and let mm-hmm. you, let you just sit in it for a couple of minutes. And when it's done well, which I think this band does on a, a more than one occasion, um, I really enjoy that. There's, there's a lot of their songs that lock into this groove or they, this vibe, they allow it to develop over time. It's a little more of that prog rock kind of sound to it. As a band, I feel like there's a looseness to how they play too, especially mm-hmm. for a metal band. And that's that's another thing that caught me and made me really start to like what they were doing. And what I mean by looseness, it's not like they're playing off time, but some bands that you listen to, i.e., I don't know, in the metal world, I imagine like a lot of thrash metal bands and the ones that are that have that precision. Mm-hmm. I like listening to bands that have that, but I also like bands where you can tell they're just, I, I, I just get the feeling like they're feeling this. Um, there's a lot of, they wear a lot of their influences. Mm-hmm. They do. On their sleeves. And you can hear that. Yeah. Similar to like a, but 
But whereas in Greta Von Fleet fashion, it's so much of an homage here. I think they took it and made it their own. Yeah. To a degree. Right. So that's like a straight just rip off. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't get that impression. So I, I heard a lot of, Classic rock influence, a lot of that post rock influence, some black metal, mm-hmm. which in you know in those couple of passages it was it was really tastefully done, and even some punk music um, coming in as well. The songs that I really liked are um, I liked I'm not shit man I'm not going to be able to pronounce any of these tracks. <laughs> Let's get real for yeah. a second, okay? Like if you're look if you go look at the album if you look at Soul Stuff here, um, I'm I'm going to use the track numbers just. <laughs> For my own self-respect, so I don't come across <laughs> sounding uh, like I'm I'm just botching the Icelandic language. Is it is it Scandinavian? Is it Icelandic? I don't know what they speak. I think in it's Iceland. Icelandic. I think it's Icelandic. I think they have their own language. So track one, um, Akiri, Akiri. Uh, that's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I thought it's a good opener. Mm-hmm. Um, I read about it in the liner notes that they have in Apple Music and. This is one of the ones where I heard the classic rock vibe, especially, and at the end of it. And even they said, we wrote this part at the end and we wanted to sound like Thin Lizzy. Mm -hmm. And I went back and listened to that one. Oh, they nailed it. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So track one, I really liked. I thought uh, track two kind of continued that momentum. It's another good song. Really, out of the eight tracks, there was only one that I that stood out to me as being what I would call a bad song. One that's skippable. If I'm listening to the record, I just don't want to have anything to do it. And that's track three. Uh, Rokor, I think is how you would pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Um, not a fan of that one. I get what they were doing in that track. It, it felt a little more experimental. And I don't mind the vibe of that one. But uh, in that respect, I felt like the vocals didn't quite match the song enough it was this kind of spoken word type thing that he was going for there Mm -hmm. and it just felt a little too forced in that respect so i thought that one was one i could skip and and even the song that's in english uh which is right after that one which is her fall from grace i thought was kind of a skippable track altogether it's okay um I do think that with Her Fall from Grace, I wrote down that it's the only song in English and on the whole record, and the lyrics sound like what they think English lyrics should sound like. (laughs) It's true. Oh, that's that's 100% accurate. (laughs) Because it's like, like, I I didn't read them all together, but as I was listening to it, he's like, he's like talking about a West Coast girl. And it's like, did you just listen to Party in the USA and then come and record your song like right after that? Um, So right there in the middle, it, you know, a little bit of a slump down for me. And then it picks up a lot towards the rest of the record. Dionysus is uh, probably my favorite song on the record. Mm-hmm. Um, has this? That's where I really heard the black metal influence. The vocals on this one. So I want to talk about the singer for just a second. Um, tell me if you got this vibe. There are a few tracks where he, his, what do you call it? The timbre of his yeah. voice sounds exactly like the singer from System of a Down. Yes. Did you catch that? Yeah, okay. I caught that too. I wasn't sure, and it, and and I like the singer from System of a Down. Yeah. So when he did that, I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." But in Dionysus, there is a it, he changes his vocals uh, a lot, and there's a desperation mm-hmm. to the way that he's singing that really, really hit me. There's uh when the beat picks up at around three minutes in on that song, the drums come in. The drums just rule. 
Yes. Right. That's there. There was a lot of things I really dug about that song. Um, I loved that one. I loved the song. Uh, another one that really stood out to me was was uh, sorry. I said eight tracks. It's nine tracks. Tracks eight and nine. Or and old four. I should just not try to pronounce these. <laughs> Those are my other two favorites. Um, track eight or has this great piano at the beginning and. As the song goes on, this was a really kind of post-rock one. It builds. It's got to build and build and build and build. Mm. And every time they do it, they're playing with a little more intensity. Right up my alley. I mean, checks off a lot of boxes of what Dan likes right there. So I really dug this. And then the um, 04, the last track, has this. Uh, this is all of a sudden they take a, kind of another left turn and go into more of a doom metal mm-hmm. style. Yeah. And I have a soft spot for a lot of doom bands. I like electric wizard and Boris, and this was sounded exactly like electric wizard and Boris. <laughs> and I was, I was like completely dialed in for that. So I thought it was a really good record, man. I enjoyed this a lot. Um, I definitely want to check out some more of their stuff and see what they have because of those two songs in the middle though, track three and track four. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to settle in at right around three and a half beards for this. Um, okay. I think with those two songs, I don't know. I'm I'm between three and a half and four. Uh-huh. I want to give it four, but <laughs> I don't want to sound like I'm being too favorable for it. <laughs> I'm, you know what? I'm going to give it a four because the stuff I liked on it, I you I like? really liked. I yeah. really liked. I would just skip those two tracks for this album. It was it wasn't what I expected because when you like described it to me last week on the podcast, I was thinking of something like super prog, like super prog rock, like super Eastern European prog rock, and I was like, uh, not that I have anything against it. I was just like, oh, I was like, I might not be as into this as I think I will. And I just I might not be that into this, but I sat down to it, listened to the whole way through, and I was like, okay, this may not be my favorite type of music, but I do really enjoy this, mm. and um. It's like perfect background music. It's got good ebbs and flows of ups and downs. It's it's uh it's got some good heavy parts, but there's a lot of just this dark, gloomy stuff in the middle too, which is great. Yeah. It's yeah, so like great. Uh, the first song is probably my favorite. The second song I really like. Uh, just the guitar work on all of them, and like you had pointed out before, how they. Uh, they aren't like super precise, which is what makes it so good to listen to and great like background music. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of the songs I thought maybe just felt like maybe a minute too long or something, but I understand like the reason that they're taking their time. And after reading through like the, the notes on the album that they were talking about, I'm like, okay, they're trying to set, tell a story and set a tone. So this isn't just like a song with just words about, you know, trying to, you know, hit up chicks at the club. You know, this is, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> these, these are deep issues or the, the, the words that they're talking, the, the subjects that they're talking about are very dark, very deep. And so they're trying to take the time to like explain the individuals in their, in their song or the story, you know, some songs about like domestic violence and, and suicide. And it was just done in a really, really interesting way. Uh, track three. I actually think I like that a lot more than you did. Really? Uh, yeah, I Okay. Uh the the thing only the the one thing that I feel like 
detracted from this album for me was the fact that I can't understand Icelandic. I feel like I would have enjoyed it way more if the vocals would have been in English or I just understood Icelandic. Uh, it just felt like I, I felt a little bit more detached from it because mm. I want to hear what they're saying, okay. especially after reading the descriptions, what they're saying the song is about. But since I don't understand, that makes it hard. Uh, Her Fall from Grace, once again, I think I like that a little bit more than you do. The first two couple times I listened to it, I wasn't into it, but then I kept listening to it and I was like, okay, this, the, well, the lyrics are cheesy <laughs> because they, they don't have a strongest grasp on the English language. I yeah. liked it. Uh, the next two songs, I was it's like, kinda, it's like we have make fun very much good time for yeah. America. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, Dionysus, I went back and forth on it. I The guitar work, I like. I love the guitar tone. The drums are great on most of the songs. I feel like musically, they're just experts and like masters at their craft. Uh, Till Moldar, the song about suicide, the guy who's like committed suicide, but now he's like having a flashback to his life and seeing like all the ways he could have like made his life better and he dies, you know, um, like with regret. That song is so dark. Yeah. But it's so good. And the long reverb on everything is just really, really, it like sets the mood. It's, it, it, and it's, but it's not dark in the way that a lot of people, like I might initially think of as a dark song. But it's, right. I don't, right. It's, it's, it's got this unique like ambiance to it, which is really enjoyable. Um, that's such a good word for it. I, that you're, you're spot on. I love it when bands can tap into that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Uh, Aldous and Nana, I liked that song. I really enjoyed the octaves on the guitars, the way they play the octaves. It's just a simple way of playing guitar, but it does something so well. It's nothing complicated, mm -hmm. no fancy chords. They aren't doing anything crazy, but it's just very subtly well done. Uh, or was uh, a good song. I like the piano intro and I love the blues vibe. I really yeah. enjoy that blues vibe. It, it was something completely different from everything else on the album. And it really just like stood out to me. I was like, Whoa, can, every time I came to it, I'm like, okay, hold on. Let me listen to this again. <laughs> what was, what was it's cool for me about that track was that it, there's the first half of it and how they managed to go from the bluesy vibe to the back half of the song, mm -hmm. which is not bluesy at all. Mm -hmm. And more of that, Epic. I mean that that shit that that build up at that when it felt like Braveheart, all the horses <laughs> yeah. riding into battle, you know. And, and I'm, yeah. I'm I'm sorry, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. I did read that was an interesting one because it said uh, in the in the notes in Apple Music, and you probably read this too that the drummer mm. did all the drums without any backing tracks or anything. He was alone yeah. in the studio and just did it. Yeah, and I guess they just layered tracks onto that. So for a so. When I, you know, again, when you're talking about a bands that aren't precise, uh -huh. they really are. Yeah. You know, and that's that that's the the skill that it takes to be able to play something that well, but still have it sound that loose. Yes. Is what really impresses me. Yeah. You can tell these guys play together a lot, like regularly. They're yeah. used to being together. And it was it's that they, these guys have been playing together for years and they just all know what each other's doing. And they know how each other think and stuff. It's it, it's loose, but it's not. It's it's so good. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Ulfer, the final song. I like in the description how they say, oh, we like the Deftones and this song sounds like Deftones. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. And I was I was hoping you would comment on that also, because uh, I know the Deftones is like your favorite band. Of oh, yeah. 
I was and, like, no, there's nothing in this that sounds like Deftones. Still a great song, but I was like, I don't hear what they're hearing. <laughs> I, I agree 100%. I went in and I was like, I listened to it and then I read it and I went, that one was Deftones. Let me go back. You know, yeah. I, I listened to it a second time. Yeah, I didn't I didn't catch that at all. <laughs> no. Uh, my favorite tracks are the first two and then Till Moldar, the song about suicide, just that dark, gloomy song, which was really, really good. Um I I gave it three and a half beards. I wanted to give it four, but right, I didn't same thing. But I didn't because I just didn't feel as engaged, not understanding the lyrics. I feel like okay. it would have been easier to give it a four if I could understand the, like the words, uh, great music, great album, definitely something I'll have on in the background when I'm doing projects around the house or something, you know, cooking, whatever. It's, it's yeah. great. It's great for that kind of, uh, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. It, I highly recommend this album, uh, especially if anyone likes guitar driven music and it's just it's just really really good it's not something that you i mean it can be something that you can just sit there and listen to but it's it's a good background track like set up music for something it's good driving music i i had this yeah. on a few times in the car and also when i was like riding my bike and it i'm, I'm not gonna lie like when those songs started picking up and you know the, with the big build-ups and everything yeah. like that i probably burned a few extra calories <laughs> in the car yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah so three and a half beards uh if it was if i could understand the words i would give it more i'd give it at least a four but still I, a solid above average record and for me i didn't feel like at least for me personally i don't feel like there's any tracks i would skip so I, I liked all of the tracks. There was obviously the ones that I like more, but there wasn't a single track where I was like, ah, I'd rather skip this. That's so. Cool. Yeah. So then for my so, album, well, actually I oh. just, I just noticed something before you move into your album. Yeah. Um, I know I should have said this at the very beginning of the podcast. I, I wrote down, I had two corrections. I went and listened to one of our earlier podcasts and I, uh -huh. I have two things that I made mistakes on and I oh, want to okay. correct those. If anyone's listening and you care. All right. <laughs> Number one, when we were talking about uh, training for Utopia, uh -huh. and you said that you went back and listened to Dillinger Escape Plan, uh -huh. the album that we were talking about is called One of Us is the Killer. And I made the mistake of saying, I thought it was like the killer and me or something like that. Uh -huh. um, no, the album title is One of Us is the Killer. And I was like, oh, that's their last record. That was wrong too. Their last record is called Diso Dissociation. So just to get it on, you know, the <laughs> just, record, mm -hmm. I know that's not their last. I was, I made a mistake. And then the other one was, uh, I think last time when we were talking about Teenage Wrist and I said, I was talking about that shitty song who sucked out the feeling from the nineties. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Oh, that's super tramp. That's not super tramp. Super tramp is the band that sang take the long way home. And, uh, they were in the seventies. The band was super drag. Oh, okay. who sucked out the feeling. And they, I mean, the song still sucks, but yeah, <laughs> I, I do feel like I wanted to make just to get that out there. So people wouldn't think I'm an idiot. Yeah. Hey, that's fine. Yeah, we're open to corrections, just not in our opinions. <laughs> <laughs> if we're factually wrong, please come talk to us. But yeah, you're not changing my mind on what I like or what I don't like. <laughs> um, so yeah, I picked uh, Canadian producer Katranata. Actually, I didn't realize until I... Uh, started looking into this. He's actually was born in Haiti and his family immigrated from Haiti to Canada. So he's Haitian slash Canadian, okay. which I was like, wow, that's really interesting. And he started, uh, 
He started producing music when he was 14. His brother had FL Studio, so I don't know if you've ever used FL Studio. Uh, it was something I got when I was in high school or just after high school. It's uh, an electronic music making software. Uh, it used to be called Fruity Loops. Now it's FL Studio. Oh, I remember Fruity Loops. Okay. Yeah. And so that one, like around 2000, 1999 or 2000, I first got my first demo software of Fruity Loops. And that's what, because I had a little bit listening to electronic music, but that's when I started writing my own. Because I was like, oh, this is simple. And you have a lot of freedom with it. And that was just with the demo. So then Why I finally- they all food-based? It was like Cakewalk. Fruity yeah. Loops. I don't know. A bunch Lime of hungry, <laughs> a bunch of hungry, chubby producers. I maybe. maybe I don't know. <laughs> Engineers. <laughs> so, um, I had heard of K Trinata because of a, a Luna from a Luna George and Luna, artist Luna. And so that's how I first got introduced to K Trinata. And then some of my friends have been listening to K Trinata and they recommended K Trinata. I had listened to this, uh, spots of this album. I hadn't listened to the whole thing through before we sat down. And so I'll admit it on my first listen through of this album, uh, the first song track Uno just mm -hmm. didn't do it for me. And actually several tracks on this album didn't do it for me the first two or three times through. But now for some reason, the whole album in this first song has really started to grab me and started to like suck me in. It's, it's, Track like uh, I I enjoy a good instrumental track, especially mm -hmm. if it's got like a chill vibe or just like a fun little jam or a funky jam. Uh, first time I heard track Uno, I was like, ugh, this is just ugh, and so I would skip it. And so then I was like, no, I was like, I'm not. I'm not being fair. I was like, I need to listen to everything through rather than just listen to 30 seconds and say, I don't like it and skip it. I was like, that's not fair. So I, I went back through and listened to it again all the way through. And I was like, okay, that wasn't as bad as I made it out to be. So I kept listening to it again and again. I was like, okay, track Uno, I really do enjoy it. It's got this just really weird, like fun electronic jam. And it's a good little way to start off the album. I mm -hmm. think my expectation was I wanted something with more vocals to kind of like engage me more, but I didn't have it. But uh, Bus Ride, I thought the song was very aptly named. It has this whole chill vibe to it that very much feels like a downtown bus ride. Like I can imagine sitting in a bus, driving through downtown Houston, and that's the music in my, in my headphones. And I was like, this is like perfect. And the, you just like all the sights, all the smells and everything. And it's just very aptly named. It's a really fun song. Uh, what makes Keatronata stand out to me is his use of the, the hi-hats with the drums and how he programs the drums and then how his synth sounds. He has very signature yeah. like synth sounds. And he just uses hi-hats in a, like a, a more urban way than a lot of, or maybe even like a more like funk way too. He, he has a very unique way of programming his drums that doesn't sound like very many other electronic artists or DJs out there, which is what I really like. So Bus Ride, I feel like just showcases how he likes to program his drums and write his drum tracks, which is really fun. Um, got it good with the... Uh, Craig David doing the vocals. Uh, this song really good. sucked. Yeah, this song really sucked me in. I think Craig David has a great voice. Um, 
the song is really, really sexy, and the drums and the bass line could just make it even more sexy. It's got this like chill R&B vibe that's really, really smooth. It's the uh, one that the, gets stuck in my head the most. It's it's yeah, it really does get stuck in my head too. Uh, the the added touch of like the the female background vocals on the hook just takes it over the top. Just just like the little oohs and the ahs, it's it's adds that little extra like ear candy to the track just to make it a really top notch song. Uh, then Aluna's song comes in that she sang on together. This was the first song I ever heard off of this album. First ever Kate Trinata song I heard. Uh, she just kills it. She's one of my favorite vocalists. So obviously I'm biased, but <laughs> I was like, Oh, I love this song. The track is really fun. I love the use of the hi hat and the claps together. That's something that he does. He is like the, he'll have the claps in instead of a snare and he'll use that with the hi hat. It's really, really fun. Uh, Goldling's rap on the bridge is like a nice, perfect touch for a breakup in the song. And it just adds a little bit of a different dimension. Uh, this song is going to be one of my top probably 10 songs for years to come. I just love this track. Um, Drive Me Crazy, another like atmospheric synth song, uh, mm -hmm. a solid fun beat. It's kind of infectious and the hook I find very catchy. And that's one thing I kind of dig. I did it at first, but now after listening to it for a week, I like how Kay Trinata will have like one or two like songs with vocals and then I'll break it up with like a, an instrumental track. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a fun, interesting way to like break up the flow of everything. I think it's done very tastefully. Um, the way off is another, uh, just a good instrumental grooving chill song. The baseline. I really enjoy in that. Uh, I wrote that down too. Yeah, that, that's baseline's just that great. picked baseline. Yeah, solid. <laughs> yeah, solid in yeah. that song. Um, uh, one too many. First couple listen throughs, I wasn't feeling this song all that much. I was like, man, it's okay. And then I kept listening to it, and then I started noticing Fonte's like falsetto parts, that's and I was I like, like, oh wow, that's really good. When he's like, ah, nah, 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 and I was like, oh that's, man, that's exactly what I wrote down. Yeah, was the falsetto. Yeah, and it's it's so smooth and sex. There's a lot of sexiness in this album. There is a lot, and so the more and more I listened to it, I just found this song getting stuck in my head, and then the bass line here on this song too is also just very just sexy and smooth and i found myself like at work i'm at my desk like doing my work and i'm i'm like humming the song in like my mind and doing the falsetto parts and i'm like oh i better call that a client's gonna come by and be like are you okay <laughs> <laughs> so i'm then, better than okay yeah <laughs> i'm really hard right now <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. So, um, despite the weather, <laughs> I think I lost it. Might have to give me a minute. Oh. <laughs> That's outstanding. <laughs> so the Are you next, okay? no, I'm hard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is a sexy album. <laughs> okay, I'm raging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the next is uh, another fun instrumental interlude despite the weather it's like a minute and a half it's fun it breaks it up um thought that one was cool too i like that one glowed up uh the beat on the song is just grooving and very infectious the melody of the chorus is very very simple but it just gets stuck in my head um i think this is another solid track the the next one is breakdance lesson 
And I'll be honest, first time I heard it, I was like, this is just kind of cheesy and a little too funky for me. It's grown on me over the past week. Um, the especially like the synth part in the last half of the song that do little 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 that's like I'm like it's so simple but it's just it's like a little earworm that just gets stuck in my head and I'm like I, I was driving around at work and I was just like humming it to myself I'm like okay that I got to give that song credit where credit is due it's it's great um, you're the one feature Sid uh, Sid from the the band the Internet the R&B group she's got a great voice one of a kind voice she really makes this song the song has a great chill vibe to it uh it reminds me a little bit of the album skrillex and diplo did together i forgot what that's called i'd have to go look it up but the song just oozes sexiness but i just heard some of that i don't know like skrillex and diplo influences in there now it comes to vivid dreams so the first time through I wasn't feeling this song at all, but I kept on listening to it because I was like, I'm gonna give everything a fair shot. Cause the first time I I gave it like 30 seconds and I skipped it. The first listen through, I just, I was like, ah, a few of the tracks. I was like, nah, skip it. And then I was like, no, I need to be give, I need to give uh, like an objective opinion and keep an open mind. I can't just initially write stuff off. It's like, that's not fair. That's not what reviewing an album is. So I went back to it a few times and after giving it like three or four more listens, it really grew on me. And now it's my favorite track on the whole album. Mm, Um, I was driving, I was driving home from the depression domicile, which is Adam's house. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, uh, I, this song came on and it just is like the perfect song for a night drive through downtown. And I was, I was on 59 going through words, you know, below the city street level and you got the lights on the bridges and it's nice. just, it's absolutely perfect for that setting. And I was just really starting to feel the groove and I was like, okay, this, this song has something to it. I just wasn't hearing it till now. And then it all started to coming together. Um, uh, the, the shaker has always seemed kind of like a pointless percussion instrument to me. <laughs> when I see people use them, I'm like, just throw that shit away. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Okay. You're right, holding right. an egg with beans in your hand. More like, than the triangle. <laughs> Would you say May- which one's worse? The triangle? Triangle. The, the okay. triangle. Okay, but good, even good. still, like, I was just like, but the way the shaker is used with the claps on the song. It just makes it work. I don't know what it does, but uh, like there's something about it. That's just, it's just gets that groove and you're just like wanting to Mm -hmm. nod your head and make the stank face. You're just like, yeah. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, this song is really growing on me. And so then I notice how the bass comes in the bass at the first half of the song will come in and out. And then it gets to like this middle part where it's just the vocals and the bass. And then the song goes to like this almost orgasmic place for me. It's just so damn sexy and I can groove on this song for hours. Uh, so this was I, the climax for yes. you. Yeah. <laughs> Out the record. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I like, I was like thinking, I was like, man, I want to go see K turn out alive and I want to see this at like some big outdoor venue with the sun setting. It would just be like the perfect ambiance for the song. I uh, hope they're still doing social distancing. Cause I'm going to want to be six feet away. From <laughs> if we do that <laughs> deal. <laughs> uh, the song just has the perfect blend of elements for me. Percussion, drums, sexy, smooth bass line, and the vocals of River Tiber take it just way over the top. He has this whole Bon Ivar vibe to it that Ooh, makes okay. the song just sexy as hell. 
Doesn't that is it? A, that's a good call for that one. For probably four or five days, I, I would hear this song and I was like, who does this sound like? And I was just like, there's another artist out there like that I really feel like it just has this, this he's just channeling this other artist and I couldn't think about it. And then it came to me. I was like, Oh, it's Bonnie Var. Especially like the more that Bonnie Var starts to do pop and yes. dance and electronic stuff, like his most recent record. And right. The couple of things he did with Kanye. Yeah. yeah. I get that hundred percent. Yeah. And so then once that clicked, that's when this song became my favorite one on the album. It's just the, I, that those man, vocals I'm, are just so good. And I'm it's gonna go very, to that one again. it's, it's very like, it's, it's, it's like the haunting like harmonies in there. And, but it's, it's just, it all blends together just so perfectly. I just can't get enough of that song. Um, the next one is Light Spots. It's a very unique, interesting kind of slash weird jam track. The drum beat is so good, mixed with the sampled funky guitar, bass, and vocals. I just love that. It's it's such a clean, good song. Uh, Leave Me Alone, another solid track. Bass line, just same. It makes me wish I had subwoofers in my car. <laughs> I, <was just>, I want to <laughs> yeah. hear this. There's some big subs. And then finally, uh, the final song, uh, Bullets with Kimi Nagano from Little Dragon. Uh, she just does all of her like signature voice stuff. It's, her voice has that really eerie quality that she brings to electronic music. She does her typical weird one note muttering in the breakdown of the song that's super weird, but it's something about her that I like. It's just it's like she, she just occasionally will do that. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of almost offensive, but it's catchy at the same time. <laughs> it's just so uniquely her and really good. Um, and every time this song ends, I'm like, I just want to go back and listen to this whole album again. I really enjoy it. Uh, I will say this album surprised me. The more I listen to it, the more and more I enjoy it. Even after a week, every time I listen to it, I find something else I didn't hear before. And so I'm enjoying listening to it like fresh again. Okay. What are you, what were some of your thoughts before I go into my beard and my favorite tracks? Uh, I, I'm going to start from the, the bottom and work my way up. Number one, okay. can we just talk about how cool the cover is for this yes, record for just a, a second? The artwork is amazing. The cover art, actually for both of these Yeah, the cover albums. art for Solstafir's one, I thought was, one, that was the first thing I noticed and I showed Kat. I was like, hey, doesn't this look really cool? <laughs> yeah, like the Solstafir one looks like kind of churchy. Uh, mm -hmm. or, or like a painting you'd see in a museum and mm -hmm. it, it has a coldness to it that really reflects their music. This one, uh, you know, the kind of psychedelic uh, cover art that's there with the, like the different eyeballs and stuff that he had in all the different colors. I, yeah. That was what first attracted me to it. Overall, same exact thing. First listen. Mm -hmm. I go, okay, it's all right. It's tough for me. Just like I have that, that, that magnetism towards like Icelandic bands. <laughs> yeah. <shit> like that. <laughs> I'll admit it takes a lot. It's a, it's a little bit of a hurdle for me to get into a lot of dance and pop music. It's mm -hmm. always a struggle. I have a, I have an aversion to it mm -hmm. because there's a lot of not good stuff out there. Yeah. And I'm not, and I haven't, I probably to my credit, haven't done enough deep dives into that genre mm -hmm. to find the good stuff. So when things come out, I automatically, I'm a little bit like, I don't want to like it. Now, with that being said, this, this record really grew on me. It mm -hmm. really grew on me. There's some things in there. There's some details that I thought were very well done. 
I thought I wrote down track Uno. Same, I had the exact same vibe of it. Um, this one, there's a there's a playfulness mm-hmm. to that track that yes. really caught me, and it has what I liked about it as an intro was it kind of had this. First of all, I'm gonna and and you may disagree, and this might be just because I have a limited view of that kind of music. But uh, a, a few times I was reminded of Daft Punk mm-hmm. on this record, not with like any of the robotic stuff, but like you know some of the Random Access Memories tracks, which was my probably my favorite Daft Punk record, ironically because I don't like a lot of disco stuff, but it was that <laughs> funk sound, and I, yeah. I like a lot of funk music. So I found a lot of that, but there's this everything but the kitchen sink kind of mentality yeah. to track Uno. Like, yeah. we're just going to put it all in there. And <laughs> I really like that. Overall, um, I thought it was going to be a mostly instrumental record until mm-hmm. I started to get into track three. I, I was the same way. I liked, I thought track Uno and bus ride really caught me off, uh, caught me in a good place and started to get me interested in it. Then when the vocals come in for some of the other songs, that's when I had to do a little more work. And I, mm-hmm. I started to think about it. Why, for me, is it that I have to work harder to appreciate the songs with vocals? And I think it's because they're not bad necessarily, but a lot of these dance artists across the board, not just Kate Trinata, but other ones as well, will choose more pop-ish singers, mm-hmm. more polished singers, more people with a little clarity to their voice. And just my personal opinion, I would rather have someone with a little more rasp to it. Mm-hmm. I did think that as the other tracks continued, the different guest vocals got better. I liked the vocals on Together with mm-hmm. Aluna mm-hmm. more than I Got a Good. In fact, I can see why you would want to have reviewed the Aluna record that we reviewed just based on like hearing this. If this was that first song intro to it was together with Aluna, I would have gone, yeah, let me hear what else she's got going on too. Mm-hmm. So I can see why you were interested in, in the solo album there. The other things that I, I really liked, uh, by the time I was ready to record this episode, I'd probably been through this record about almost a dozen times and each time it got better. Mm-hmm. which is really cool. It's a, it, this really grew on me. And, and when I was making my like best and worst list, honestly, there's not a track on here that I would say is a worst track. Me either. It, there I, are, there I couldn't some, pick a worse one. I, I wrote down, I mean, I thought the melody was unique, but I wrote down, I got it good as being my least favorite, but mm-hmm. it's not a bad song. I can right. objectively say for this style of music, it's a very well-written song. It's very well put together. It doesn't feel like it doesn't belong. It, I just have my own opinion on it. Mm-hmm. The other ones I really liked, I thought Drive Me Crazy had a good beat, had really good music to it. Weight off with that bass line like you and I were talking yep. about. I love Despite the Weather. I thought Glowed Up was cool. I wrote down Vivid Dreams was a good song. Light Spots was my favorite on the whole record. Light Spots I wrote down great. Bullets as a good song. Um, One Too Many. I love the falsettos there. So I really walked away. This isn't, this isn't a genre that I'm going to go to a lot. Mm-hmm. But when I go to that well... Yeah, man, this is going to be something that I'm going to pick up. You know what else I, I thought of, though? Have you ever listened? There is one kind of electronic artist that I enjoy a lot, and it's Tobacco. Have you listened to Tobacco? No, I haven't. Okay, we're going to have some fun. We're going to go listen to that, because I want to see... They're a little more of the experimental and less poppy side, I think, which is uh-huh. why I like it. Uh-huh. And it'll be. I want to get your opinion on how you Sounds. feel about that compared to this. So we'll get to that soon. But yeah, man, I'm going to give this one 
I mean, I'm I'm right there in the same space with Soul Stuff here. This is going to be a four beard record for me, like yeah. across the board. I, I probably deserves more, but I'm getting a little bit nitpicky. And again, it's just because I don't get into that genre. Uh-huh. It's just not my favorite genre. But as a as a dance electronic record, I think he knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I give this. I gave it four and a half beards. I was. I was like, it's almost a five, but I was like, a five has to be a perfect record. And I was like, perfection is really hard to achieve. I was like, but four and a half, it's it's great. Vivid Dreams is my favorite. Together with Aluna, Got It Good, another great song. I'm just a solid listen to from start to finish, and it's still growing on me. Um, I will say, like, I got, uh, since I listened to this, I went and listened to his second record, and, um, it's, it isn't growing on me the same way this one is. It's not bad. Okay. It's just there's something wholly unique about this record that is just really, really phenomenal. And I'm this is a record I will listen to for years to come. And it's just very, very well done. The The production is good. It's just, and he his, it's his signature synth sound and what he does with the drums that just makes it stand out. Because you are right. A lot of pop artists or a lot of electronic artists or dance artists tend to do the same stuff, which like, I like a lot of dance and electronic music, but I don't like all the people that sound the same. I like stuff like we've already reviewed Little Dragon and Luna and then now K Trinata. And these are artists that have something about them that stand out from the rest. And that's what, to me, makes them special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can honestly say between those three records that we've done so far, I would not say that those are similar sounding. No, yeah, they're they all have something wholly unique and pretty good bit that. of variety within that genre between all three of these. Absolutely, yeah. yeah so I, yeah, I if anybody out there, if you want to listen to something that's totally new and different, and you've never listened to Katrinata, listen to ninety nine point nine percent. And if you have listened to it and you don't like it, give it another chance. <laughs> I'm glad I did too. I mean, like I said, the first time, first go round. Yeah, was a, I was a little on the fence. I'm really glad I stuck with this. I'm glad I listened to it as many times as I did too. Yeah, because I did because like there was like four or five songs initially. I was like, okay, I like these, but I was like, this album as a whole might not be all that good. But I was like, no, just stick with it. Like, let's be objective and fair and not just go with your first impression. So yeah, that is uh, those two. Once again, I I can't recommend both of these albums enough. I think they're great in their own rights. So if you're out there listening, go check those out. Uh, what did you have picked for next week? This was, this was a fun week. Okay, man. So uh, I am, I, <laughs> I'm going to have to make a game time decision. I've got on a, on a list here. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's, there's so many, there's like new releases coming out. I mentioned this last week. There's, there's, I've found about five or six new releases from bands either I'm discovering for the first time or bands that I like that have stuff out there. Ultimately, what I'm going to do for next week, it's going to be because of my Sniggles pick, too. Okay? <laughs> uh-huh. We're going to get weird with it, baby. Get ready. Buckle up. It's time to pull the Band-Aid off. Um, my Sniggle for next week, I'm going to spoil it. I know we don't usually share those. Danny Elfman, <laughs> composer Danny Elfman, uh-huh. has a new song out that I heard, I listened to it one time through and I'm like, that's going to be my Sniggles because it's too bizarre. It's too weird. (laughs) And to go in with that, just because 
I like this band a lot. Uh, I they're not for everybody, but Mr. Bungle, uh, <laughs> longtime weird experimental band, has a. They came. They formed back together last year during quarantine. Put out a record. It's called the Raving Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny demo, mm-hmm. and it's got such a good story to it that I'll say that'll be my teaser for next week. I love the story of this album so much that it influences my enjoyment of the record, but we're going to take a dive into this one and it is a full on weird thrash metal album that was not recorded. It was written in the eighties, but recorded in 2020. (laughs) So we're going to do, we're going to go full weird next week. Danny Elfman and Mr. Bungle. Let's do it. Okay, so next week for my uh, single, I'm going to pick, oh, what is it called? Okay, I'm going to pick something off of the brand new Chevelle CD, Remember When, that single, Remember When, off of Chevelle. Um, and since you picked your favorite artist, I'm going to pick my favorite artist too. I was waiting for one of us to finally pull the trigger and Just pick our pull favorite artist. pull the band-aid artist. off. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so we're going to go Deftones, and we are going to review uh, White Pony. My oh. favorite album of theirs. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. It's going to be a fun uh, week. Yeah. I this don't even is need be... to listen to it. I can do that right now. I, I could do it right now, <laughs> but that gives me an excuse to listen to it again. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to... So I know White Pony, they just did a like a 20th anniversary with the remix stuff too. Do you want to do a double album? Com- okay. Combination? Let's do the double album. Let's, let's do, do the that, Let's do Black Stallion, which is all the remixes of all the songs, and then we'll do all the originals too. Heck yeah. Awesome. So we get something new and something old. Heck yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it's going to be fun. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so I'm looking forward to this. So yeah, anybody out there, if you want to reach out to us, please send us an email at wherepod at gmail.com or you can find Dan on Instagram at Dwight Privilege. (laughs) (laughs) And you can find me at Mr. Underscore Pockets 21. Uh, We always appreciate input and, you know, any suggestions you may have. Uh, we'll, once we get a few more listener suggestions, I think we've gotten like three so far. Uh, we'll, we'll do an episode just of listener suggestions cause I want to do that. And eventually yeah, we maybe need to do that in real the next soon. I got a month, couple. Yeah. Maybe in the next month or two, we'll get uh, a guest on here and they'll pick an album or two. And then I think we'll just have the guest pick two albums and then all three of us will listen to it and then we'll come talk about how poor their taste in music is. Or how great. You never know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> if we get somebody like a musical wizard genius coming in, I'm in, I'm for it, man. I'll, I'll it. call Ted Nugent. Let's see. Get him on the show. The Nuge. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you all next week.